Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. Talking to soft again. I normally do that. Um, can we just pray for a couple of seconds before before we go on? Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for your word. And I just want to pray that that your spirit will talk to each and every one of us, and that we will listen to you. Amen. I see a couple of faces, faces, faces in the church that I haven't seen before. Maybe for those who haven't seen me, um, I am an elder in this church. We, we've been a, away for two and a half months. Um, we had a wonderful experience of traveling 9,000 miles through the United States in a recreational vehicle and a, and a, a van that was had a bed at the back and we drove around, around at all the places we visited. We visited about 100 different cities and towns and locations. Many more stop points, like close to 300. Um, yeah, I, I won't go through all the statistics, but what you see there on the, on the screen is the Grand Canyon. We were privileged to be there. If you ask my wife if she want to go again, she will. If you ask me, I won't go there again. That height is just something you can't imagine. The view is something that you can't describe. That photo gives you no idea. If you look on the one on the left-hand side, bottom down there, you can see the Colorado River flowing through, through the canyon. And it, it looks this, but it's a huge river. And for people that's very scared of heights, I, I must warn you, if you ever go there, it's not easy. Especially if you see people walking on the edges, taking selfies. And that's unfortunately a, um, a, a bad statistic, is that most people who die there are because of selfies. They take selfies and they don't wait, watch where they step, and they go down there. Last year there were three incidents, and we, we had a very special treat. We went from a town called Williams with a train to the Grand Canyon, and you see all that, um, the, the landscape, which is fantastic. And then at the, at the village, you can choose which places you, you want to go to. And you get on a bus, and they drop you off, and you can get on a bus and get to the next point. Where the points are, I don't know if every, anybody been at the Grand Canyon before? Okay. They have, like, rails that you, that, that you can walk. There's a little concrete path, and you can stand and take your photos down there. I was brave enough to get to that. But once I saw people walking in between the points where the buses drop you off, there are, there are places that there's no rail, nothing. And people walk on the edges. And once I saw that, it was just too much for me. 
And I said to Ida, we, I'm going to walk 20, 30 meters away from that edge. I don't want to see anybody go down there. I don't want to hear it. And the interesting thing is when we were on the train, when we got back on the train, we had a very, um, um, it was actually a funny thing, the guys were talking because what they do is they watch all the people on the train and they literally do a bet on who of these people might not get, come back. And our son-in-law is one that's not afraid of heights. And they say they, they have a way to, to profile people. And they put a bet on him that it's, he's not coming. We are fortunate he did come back with us. He, um, but that's the things that happen there. It's, it's amazing. And what, why, I use, why I use that as my, as my entry screen is just the greatness of the creation. We've been privileged to go to the Creation Museum. I don't know if you know about that. There's also a replica of the Ark. We visited all of that. And it's amazing just to see the details of how God created this earth and how he's in control. And he is the one who created the Grand Canyon. And you stand there and you stand and you'll see a couple of slides further. I've got the Niagara Falls as a background. I don't know if you've, I think probably you've been there on the other side. But it's amazing to see all those water coming down. If you can imagine, I think it's about 3,000 liters per minute of water coming down that, that, that waterfall. It's just a mass of water. And then I look at the people and I, and I was walking around there. There are thousands of, of visitors, thousands. And I wonder how many of these people and how many of those people walking around on the Grand Canyon know who is behind this. What do they know about God? And we have, um, I'm going to tell you, before I go into the scripture that I want to read, I just want to share you a couple of my experiences that, that I personally experienced in the two and a half months that we've been in the States. We've seen a lot, really a lot, and I know there's still a lot more to see. But it's something that even Americans don't see, all the things that we've seen. So we are really very privileged. And when I, when I, when I share my experience and when I share with you afterwards a scripture that I want to read, there's one scripture that comes to my mind before I read that. And that is where Paul said to the Romans, Therefore, you have no excuse, O man, every one of you who judges. For in passing judgment on others, you condemn yourself, because you, the judge, practice the very same things. So I'm standing on this side, I'm looking at the Americans, I'm looking what happened there, and I can tell you one thing. The little news we see of America is nothing. It's, it's almost nothing to what actually happens in America. That is a nation. If you drive through the central states, um, we've been to 29 in total, and we've been most of the southern cent part of the central and the east and west. Um, a lot of those on the interstate highways, they've got billboards, the end is near, 
turn to Jesus a lot. The Americans driving those interstates will not have an excuse that they didn't see any message about God. It's all over. We don't see that in South Africa. Sometimes we see one or two in Pretoria. I haven't seen it in other places. And then it disappears after a couple of months. But what what I've experienced in America, it's an easy life. Although, if you drove through the country, you see a lot of poverty. If you think we have poverty, they have poverty. If you think we have reckless drivers on the road, they've got reckless drivers. It's basically the same. It just looks different, and they have an easy life. They can go to a place, and they, they don't cut the cheese. They buy it. Everything, everything is done. Everything is just quick, and they do it. And That's how they drink their coffee. That's how they make their food. They buy their ready-made, and they just warm it up, and they eat. We, we don't know what it is to live like that. But I think, unfortunately, that also spills over to their religion. The religion becomes easy. And I'm thinking about something that Sias Luru shared with us a couple of months ago. He was in, in the Middle East, um, and he said, he met with a pastor there in a the church, and this, this guy said to him, uh, when he asked him, what can we do to support you? And he said, you can pray for us, but don't send a Western minister or a pastor to come and help us because they don't know what it is. It's shocking. But unfortunately, it's true. And I think I, when I read this and I read the scripture that follows on this, I, I must look at myself. If I say I'm a living stone in the body of Jesus. By the way, that term living stones is only in one place in the Bible. Do you know where it is? In Peter. Only Peter that talk about us as living stones. I mentioned that remark of that pastor in the Middle East to two pastors in America. The one was very positive and the other one was Does this guy know what he's talking about? So, like, we are okay. And that's why I say, unfortunately, what we've experienced, what I've experienced is the easy life goes over to how they do church. It's easy. If you you say, I believe in, in Christ, I'm a Christian. That's why we also meet people who believe they are Christians, but they don't need to go to a church. Why do we need to go to a church? And I, that's something I want, I want to ask myself all the time. And I, want to, and I want to ask us as brothers and sisters to think, why are we here? Why are we going to a specific church? Do I believe that God is in control of my life? How do I live it? Like I want or like he wants? And I think that's why I, I love what, what Ida shared is, I think God wants to change us. I think there's a time that, that our hearts need to change and will come, if I can follow up on what she said. And what Tian said, we must take the identity, our identity in Christ. Jesus said, 
I am the way, the life, and the truth. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. When, and then I want to go to, to Peter. I've shared now a little bit of what I experienced. We visited um, a couple of churches, basically two, in the time we were there because we were traveling so much. We, they were, it was difficult, really difficult. But I can tell you one thing. In my heart, the whole time, I was looking forward to come, to come back to this place and see my brothers and sisters that, that I pray with, that I share my life with. And what I wanted us to do is to pray for ourselves that we really value what we have and that we do something about it. And that is where Peter comes in. I want to read this. Peter wrote to people, and as he said here, people in dispersion, Christians, therefore you have no excuse. No, sorry, I'm now back to, um, to Paul. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who are elect exiles, elect exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father in the sanctification of the Spirit, for obedience to Jesus Christ and for sprinkling with his blood. We must not miss that for obedience. I've got a drawing quite at the end that I want to show you of something that I realized more and more, and it was like underlined to me in the time we were traveling, and I saw the need of people who just carry on with life. If you sit in a, in, a, in a living room with people who call themselves Christians and all they can talk, to, talk about is all the places in the world they visited and what places they still want to visit. It's nothing about Jesus. It's nothing about how many people did they lead to Jesus. There's no, that, that is not important. I'm a Christian because I say I'm a Christian and I want to see the world, which is nice. We've had a wonderful time seeing a lot of the creation. So Peter, Peter goes on and he says, So put away all malice. Remember he writes this to Christians. Put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Now, I want to go to that word, but remember what he said here. Put that away. Because further on, there's a reason why you need to put this away. Malice, and I'm only, it's on the screen, you can read all the synonyms, but a desire to harm somebody. Deceit, maybe we can, I can just go a little bit slower that you can just look at the synonyms. If you go to malice... But the core is desire to harm, some, harm somebody. Deceit, the action or practice of deceiving somebody by concealing or misrepresenting the truth. Hypocrisy, the practice of claiming to have higher standards or more noble beliefs than is the case.
envy, a feeling of discontented or re resentful longing aroused by someone else's possessions, qualities, or luck. And then slander, the action or crime of making a false spoken statement damaging to a person's reputation. If I, th if I look at people around me and I see that, I must go back to Romans 2 and say, which of these, these things are true of my life? If, and uh, I think we just need to, re to read on what Peter wrote. Like new newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone, chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So the honor is for you who believe, but for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone, and the stone of stumbling, and the rock of offense. They stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to. But you are chosen a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. God called us to be this. That is a promise. But he wants us to look at that verse, that the beginning where Peter said, lay off these things. We, that part of faith is be obedient. Lay down those things. That's a hindrance in your life. That hinders you to follow God. To be his disciple. An active disciple. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. You had, no, you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to, to, be to the emperor as supreme, or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and do praise, and praise, praise those who do good. Now, I want to say something here on my experiences, and we, we've talked to people that, that were 
and I think all of us have done that over years, you, you get people who are hurt by the church. Am I right? We all might be hurt by the church ourselves, but we had to go through that. Now, if you talk to somebody that's, that was hurt by the church and doesn't want to go back to church because people will judge them and people will do this to them, that's their perception. Me, as being a living stone in the body of Christ, if I'm a living, if I'm a living stone in the body of Christ, we can go back to Jesus' Sermon on the Mountain. We can go to Galatians 5. How does it look? How does my life change? Now, if I'm a stone in this body, the, the body determines my actions, my thoughts, my way of doing. And how does this body, Jesus, feel about people who are hurt? People are hurt by the church, by, by the government, by people with money, by people with not money, by robbers, by whatever. There are, there are people hurting people all over the world. Every day we see them. What is my action, my thoughts, my prayers? How do that person experience me? And that was a huge challenge to me being very involved into some, with somebody who was hurt a lot by many people in the church, whether it's real or not. It might be a perception, it might be real. What do you offer somebody like that? What do I have to offer somebody like that? Other than this, showing Jesus, living Jesus. Showing that Jesus is the way, the life, and that is what I'm holding on to, and the truth. If I live that, and I have Jesus' love because I'm in him, John 17, if you read that, if I'm in him like he is in the Father, he changes my life. I become more and more like Jesus. It's a path of growth. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everybody, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. Servants, be subject to your masters with all respect not only to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. For this is a gracious thing. When mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it if, when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure? But if, when you do good and suffer for, for it, you endure, this is a gracious thing in the sight of God. But the, the thing is, many Christians, if you listen to people talking, and again when I say, say this, I'm thinking back about Paul's words. You who judge, look at yourself. So I'm saying this to myself today. How many of us actually live for ourselves and then we got hurt and then we feel we endure and it's actually not for God, it's for us.
that's not suffering because it's for myself. For to this you have been called because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for you were straying like sheep, but I have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of yourselves. And may this be true of all of us, that we seek God, that we, like we sang this morning, that we invite him to say, God, you are welcome here. Come live in this place. Come live in my heart. Change my heart. The world is in chaos. Now, the background of that is the Niagara Falls, and you can see some people there on this one side, there on the right-hand side. If you look at those people going up this little walkway there, you can see how huge that is. And that is only a little part of that falls. That is maybe not even a, a quarter of, of, the, of, of everything. That's the creation. That's the God. That's the God who created the world, who created us, who Jesus came to suffer for all those people and for every one of us. Be born, crucified, and risen from the dead so that we can live. But how is that new live life? That new life is a living stone in the body of Christ. The old is gone. It's dead. We talk about it a lot of time. A dead person can't be, can't be hurt. If, I'm, if I die of myself, if I lie myself down, I can't get hurt because my life is in Jesus. And... John said, for all that is in this world, and unfortunately we have the truth that the world doesn't want to follow Jesus. And that's why Jesus himself was rejected by the world. And we are in his body. We are part of him. He's, he's our firstborn, eldest brother. He's the one that um, the scriptures say we need, we need to imitate. We need to follow him. We need to um, desire to do what he did. There are a couple of scriptures, and I'm not going to go through that. I'm, we can just um, mention a couple. The main point is our hearts are deceitful whether we want to admit it or not, because we are human and we need to really look inwards and ask God to show us our own hearts. And if we get tempted, don't blame God. That's what, I remember this, this is written to Christians, most of this. In Matthew, Jesus said, people honor me with their lips, but the heart is not as far from me. And I pray that my heart will get closer to close and closer to God. The Romans 10 verse 
three, that means three there's nine to, I think that's about ten. You can maybe just make a note of that and read it. But that's also a description of how the world is. But there is hope. And that is that Jesus died for everybody because he loves us so much. That's something else we, I, I wanted to talk about is the, the, the ultimate love. Only God knows the ultimate love. We don't know it. We don't understand it. We don't know how God can offer his own life to get, to get me saved for whatever I, I want to do or whatever I have done. My question to myself is, does my heart, is my heart the presentation or presenting the heart of the living cornerstone, namely Jesus? If I'm a living stone, my heart will present the heart of the living cornerstone because we will be connected. And that's a, the picture that I, that I draw for myself and I hope it will, actually, I, there's a lot of things I can say about this. It's not very accurate, but it's just a broad idea. Is if you look at God and his word, it's connected. I, want, I actually want, should have put an arrow there to both sides. Because we know Jesus is the living word. And the word speaks, what do I do? I read the word, it gets into my mind. But at the same time, God has convinced me that this is the truth. So God worked in my mind, but he also, by the Holy Spirit, changed my heart. And that is where the, what is it? Well, the mind, between my mind and my heart, there should also be an arrow on both ways. If what is in my mind is not in my heart, I have a problem. Because then you can go and read... James, if, if, you, if you have the faith and you don't have the deeds, there's something wrong. And for the other way around as well. If there's something in my heart, but there's nothing in the head, I know nothing, I'm also limited. But the main thing is, what, is what, I, what I read in the Bible, what I understand, what I believe, I must ask God to change my heart, that it's really in my heart. And I, I can take an example of of um, it's a very simple thing. If if a if a couple have a different um, have a difference on on some household issue, and the the husband will feel, but this wife is constantly. I'm talking about Christians now. The husband can feel this wife of mine is taking out all the time for this that I'm doing wrong. And it might happen in your marriages. You feel irritated with this. For me, it is as simple as what is, what is my role as the, as the partner? Do I react in the same way? What do we have then? A fight on a fight on a fight. Say, for example, emptying the the dustbin. I do it every day, every day, and the day I don't do it, she will tell me, 
you forgot to do that. And I was saying, but why can't you do it if I forget it? Why do you need to say that? I can have a reaction of, uh, um, I feel, um, Yeah, so I can have that feeling, or I can say, listen, but I did forget, and I can say sorry and just do it next time. But if I do it, there must be nothing in my heart to say, why couldn't she just do it? And that is my challenge to us. I hope you hear what I'm saying. Because this, this is crucial to, to, to relationships between brothers and sisters, crucial between um, husband and wife. Is that I can get to the point where I do what I need to do and I act like Jesus wants me to do in my marriage, in my relationship with my brother and sister, and towards the world. And that's what we read today. So, my question today for us is, I see, I see our, our church as a body in, in, a big, in a bigger body. I always have concerns about, and I know, unfortunately, I know a lot of people who go to churches because they believe the church must be the way they want the church instead of where does God want me to be? Do I go to a church because I believe God wants me there or be, because I can see this is the correct church for me, God has showed me? Do you, understand, do you see the difference, what I'm trying to say? My, my challenge to us today is how do we see ourselves as living stones in the body of Christ, each and every one of us, as a living stone in this church, as a living stone in my marriage, in my relationship to any brother, as a living stone towards the world outside. So, I want to ask us to just think about that for a minute. Just be silent and talk to God and ask Him to show you if there's something. If we think about the things that Peter wrote in that first part of the scripture that I read, maybe we can just put that second slide on Yaku. Just read that verse and just think about that. And if, if there's something I need, I need to bring before God or bring, just go to somebody and pray with somebody, let's do it. If we want to change our lives and we want to change the world around us, we need to be obedient. We need to do. And I think that's where Tian's words of we need to take that identity in Christ. So I just want to ask you to just let us just be quiet for a couple of seconds. Just pray and ask God if there's something in your life.
that you need to just pray with somebody and then afterwards, if there's somebody that needs prayer about this or anything else, you're more than welcome to come to the front and somebody will pray with you. Thank you. I think there's tea and coffee outside for, for those who want to go. And if, they, if you want to just sit and spend some time here they, and um, praise and worship for a while still, um, just spend time with God. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Christian Church. We believe that you enjoyed your time with us, establishing God's kingdom and His glory in your life. For more info, call us on 012-362-1363. Email us, pretoria at shofaronline.org. Browse our website, www.shofaronline.org. Or like us on facebook.com forward slash shofarpretoria.org.